so. As uh, Shakim and Tawny uh, set back out, gets into the car, and just kind of for a second rests his forehead on the steering wheel, just kind of shakes it back and forth. Fuck. Tawny just kind of sits down next to him, uh, cushion settling underneath her. Now you want to be telling me what all that was about, yeah. Uh, nah, I just... Uh, I don't like hearing about kids getting taken away from families. Yeah, so that is what I'm understanding. But do you want to tell me what it is about? Uh, maybe we got a few days right in front of us. Maybe I'll tell you my whole fucking life story. You can keep it to the upgrades first. As he uh, puts the car into gear and come back around. Uh, so according to this, each day it is a survival role to see if they can track and follow these slavers. Uh, on a on a success, they keep the trail going. On a failure, they add an additional day. And of course, for each day. We're going to be drawing to see if there's an encounter. So, uh, roll number one for you, team. Wild die blows up. That's an 11. Now, this doesn't actually say, based on the issues at hand, what happens with the race. Let's take a look just to make sure. Uh, failure. Uh, so, I'm going to say, on a successful race, uh, Here's what I'll do. There's a great rule that came up in the um, Savage Rifts uh, Tomorrow Legion Field Guide, where on certain successes for long-term navigations, uh, you get to, I think it was like for the scout, you get to draw twice and then choose which one of the cards you want for that encounter for the day. So we're gonna do day number one. It's a five and a 10, no real issues there. So. Yakeem uh, sets out and immediately begins to notice the uh, heavy tracks. He sees it and he just goes, uh, means they probably have got some kind of cargo load or something that they're carrying the kids in. You know, it should be relatively easy to track, but it doesn't speak highly of the situation we're going to run into. Tony just watches him. It's funny that you know so much about this. Why don't you be telling me why you know so much about the black market? He goes, uh, how about I don't, and we just say I did. Day two, we give him another roll. It's three and a five, it's at least one success. Uh, so he does keep up, but let's draw. It's a nine, still no encounter. Uh, multiple days of this trip already, now being uh, deterred even further. He just uh, starts tapping on the steering wheel. He's like, oh, look, hi, um, let's, uh, let's ask a question. Is Yakeem and his, uh, his uh, sign-up to become a juicer? Now, we had kind of determined that he signed up to be a juicer for Kingsdale, but was he, did he make this choice because he was taken from his family? I think 
It sounds, I'm gonna call this kind of unlikely, uh, given a little bit of what we've already determined that he knew his folks, um, and Kingsdale doesn't really offer a lot of uh, the black market slave trade, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. We're gonna say unlikely. Uh, 77. So uh, that is the chaos factor. Uh oh. Let's let's do a thing. So that still answers no. So Yakim was not, in fact, kidnapped by slavers. But that is a good thing. Now that doesn't mean that somebody else in his family or friends wasn't. But now let's roll. 25, dimly, to dimly aggressive. What is the nature of this random interrupt? Let's go over to the random encounters. Let's roll on the trouble table. It's an eight, fire. An uncontrolled raging wildfire engulfs the area. Successful survival check means the heroes can get around it, adding uh, 1d10 times 10 miles to the journey. They'll roll. All right, so you came. Hope you succeed this one, buddy. Uh, three up, that's cocked. Uh-oh, I'm going to spend a penny on that. That seems important. One and a five, okay, that's at least one success there. Um, it's still going to add Oh, a hundred miles to the journey. Oof, it's an additional day. Uh, as uh, as smoke suddenly begins to pour out of the horizon, Yakim's like, no, my, my childhood was actually... Oh, fuck, what is this? And in the tall grasses that surround them on all sides, uh, some of the tips and edges of it have gone kind of a uh, faint tan. Uh, when suddenly there is just a roaring noise. It doesn't seem like much, but suddenly the air becomes a little bit thicker and cloudier. Uh, and as they're looking at this path in front of them, the high grass is obscuring some of it. There is a high whistling uh, wind that cuts across and you can feel the heat emanating. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. There's a wildfire up there. When you go around it, we can't go through that. And how do we be doing that now? We just drive on around. Uh, puts the car into gear. He goes, that's exactly what we're going to do. Hang on. Uh, and he trips the wheel to the left. <laughs> they come off of the uh, easy to follow trail. But uh, in the process, of course, the keem... Uh, just kind of deeply sensing that, oh, this is not fucking good. Uh, it adds 100 miles, which is effectively an additional day. So while he knows that their tracks cut straight through, this wildfire must have come up sometime after. And Yakeem just, ugh, this is fucking worst. We're now adding at least almost six, seven days on this shit. All right, we're out here to look for coalition. So we're looking for coalition. Getting some kids back doesn't really change that thing. Whatever you be saying now. But I do know you seem to be doing a lot for someone who ain't your kin. 
doesn't matter. All right, so we will add the next roll. This one's success. He, uh, even with the 100 mile detour, uh, it adds effectively what would be like a, at least one day. So they're now on day three of what's going to be a, day, a four day journey to catch up with these. Um, the fire, of course, continues off to their right. Uh, the thick black smoke seems to whirl up at times, threatens to engulf them. But as Yakim uh, kind of watches the wind and the way it keeps shifting, he makes sure that he can steer the car to keep the smoke and the fire off to one side. As they keep going, uh, no, I need to be known. Was it your, was it a cousin? Was it that friend? Was it your sister? Uh, was it, in fact, because we established that Yakim had multiple siblings, was it one of his siblings who was kidnapped? Uh, I don't know the answer to this. We're gonna go 50, 50, 34. Look, I don't wanna fucking talk about it, all right? I am. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, let's see. It was 34, I'm gonna roll a d4. Odds it was a brother, evens it was a sister. Fucking took my sister, all right. Uh, it's a thing out there in Kingsdale, just at least in the outskirts. My, my pa, it was a good, hardworking man, but uh, I don't know why the fuck I'm telling you this, but Black Barker comes out, they start deciding that they own your shit. They decide that you own your farm, your house, something, right? Didn't have to be any real reason. They just kind of decide it. They offer you a loan. And of course, money's tight. They know this. My dad took it. And when they came to take, you know, take points, make sure that they got their uh, extra money off the top of it. Pop couldn't afford it. So they took my sister. Oh. That is... Oh. That is a terrible story. Yeah. Uh, this is why I signed up. I didn't want to be the person who couldn't help. It took my sister, and quite frankly, I I thought I knew how to find her again. I don't know where she is. Hmm. I'm sorry, Amy boy. It's that was obviously quite painful. He goes, yeah, it was. Now, could we shut the fuck up and just keep driving? We gotta get these kids back. So, Yakeem, we have now established something very, very important. Uh, one of Yakeem's, uh, yeah, one of Yakeem's uh, hindrances is obligation. Uh, I was assuming that it's with the JLA, but I'm wondering if his obligation of 20 hours per week isn't a job or anything. I wonder if he is spending 20 hours a week or so searching for his sister. Uh, is that the case? I'm going to ask Faith this. Is Yakim's obligation that he is searching for his sister and spending at least 20 hours a week doing it? Uh, 57. Yes. Yakim is looking for his sister. Okay. That's going on the threads list. Uh, 
All right. Whew. That's that's a little dark. We need a moment with that one. But uh, regardless, uh, we keep moving on. Keem, this last day, should be able to keep up as long as he succeeds this survival check. Alright, one in a five. Five uh, is a success. Keem starts pulling up and halfway through, he sees kind of a, a thicker rumble off in the distance. Looks like dust, less like smoke. He kind of points at us. Oh, I think we may have just found our uh, trouble. Tony kind of looks up, she uh, sees it. She was, all right now there, bad boy. How do you want to be doing this? Uh, they're making pretty slow rolling. We were able to keep up, uh, catch up with them. I think, uh, I think at this rate, we'll probably get ahead of them. Maybe even do it quietly. If we can get a scope, an idea for how many folks are up there, then uh, probably a good ambush. No, that won't be. Uh, that won't be too difficult. Uh, speak for yourself. She goes, "Ha, ah, I am there, boy." Let's see here. Yeah, I mean, she's got loyal and overconfident. Uh, I'm going to say that Tawny absolutely believes that she can do this. And she goes, well, um, how about this now? Ah, we set up the mind communication again. You drive on up ahead, drop me off, and then uh, hang back get a good look at these here folks and then when the bad folks are coming out to take a look at what this crazy woman be doing you can get a good line up and if you think you can get the kids out then you can get the kids out but either way you give me the word through our mind communication and I start chopping people up goes, oh it's not the worst idea do you know how to make traps or anything? She goes, oh, I have, but uh, a couple of things that I might be able to be doing. And I got a couple of these here grenades. All right, still not a bad idea. Okay, let's do this. Uh, and he's going to, so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to give him I'm going to give him a stealth roll uh, to see if he can get the vehicle around. Now, a vehicle is pretty large, so I'm going to actually give it a negative two modifier. If he can uh, get in front of them to a sizable space, so that way he can have a lead as they come up. So, it's so a one out of four. Um, hmm. <laughs> Stealth is an utility. Uh, this is stupid. I'm gonna use a burn die. Here goes nothing. Woo, rolls a natural six, okay. So that puts it up to an eight, that's what the rates. Yakeem feels this keenly. I can't let these kids get pulled into this shit. Uh, takes the car and then 
suddenly it begins to slow down. It feels to just... The rotation of the engine feels almost just like watching a very slow wave. Despite the fact that the car is currently revving at about 7,200 RPMs, it feels like watching watching leaves fall off a tree. Uh, he moves his head to look over to Tawny, and she is uh, grinning. And he sees the expression on her face switch into an angry frown before it comes back into a bit of a smile. She uh, keeps an eye out on the other side. Uh, he watches these micro adjustments across her face and he realizes just how dangerous she really is. Uh, the vehicle guns. He moves it forward and it feels almost like inching along, despite the fact that they're easily pushing 80 plus miles per hour in heavy terrain and uh, overgrown just underbrush. But they manage to keep enough of the distance that he gets a few miles up ahead of them. Pulls back into their direct line of path. Uh, and he drops off Tawny. Says, Alright, we'll be right over there. I'm gonna come up. I'm gonna try to make sure that I can get a good bead. And if I think that somebody looks dangerous, I'm gonna take a shot on him. Wait for your signal though. She goes, Oh, don't be worrying. You know exactly when my signal comes up. So. I'm going to give Keem a survival roll to see if you can set up this trap. Three to four, so he gets at least one success. Uh, he gets a good distance, uh, lays down on top of his car. <clears throat> uh, the hood, well, the top of the car, dented and busted as it is, uh, makes a great resting place. Kind of braces the rifle, and, uh, kind of like a natural sniper's pose using it to kind of forebalance it on his arms. He peers in through the, uh, through the scope and he sees Tommy. I'm going to get her, let's see here. Does she have performance? She doesn't. Um, well, I think this would probably be survival. Um, now they get heightened senses, plus two to notice and survival for tracking rolls. And ignore two points of range penalties. But, uh, yeah. So it means she would get effectively a D4 in survival, but only if it's tracking. And she's not tracking, she's trying to set up. Yeah, she's trying to set up a trap, so I'm just going to roll. Ah, it blows up. Oh, it blows up. It blows up again. 16. 20. 21. Minus 2 for being on train. It's a 19. Um, Tawny uh, apparently is a master in guerrilla warfare. Uh, she goes out and she begins to uh, line up a couple of pieces. Uh, Yakeem can't see exactly what she's doing, but as we kind of zoom in over top, she takes some of her shoelaces out, uh, loops them through, so that way they form a kind of like a natural depression trigger. If, uh, if something pulls on one of these, it's going to pop the tops of both of these grenades uh, and kind of cause a threshing ground as these fragmentation grenades would tear through whoever is nearby. So uh, I'm gonna jump that down real quick. 
she has a frag grenade trap. We'll see how that triggers. Now, as Tommy stands back up, uh, she kind of always seems to be bouncing and dancing in place. Uh, let's find out who exactly our targets here are. So, according to this, black market smuggling operations, they start off with 2d6 mercenaries. Uh, so they have six mercs with the bandit stats. Uh, in addition, they have a headhunter. Oh, that's tough. Uh, black market enforcer. And a black market expatator, whatever that means. Expeditor. So I'm going to go look at those stats. I already know that headhunters are vicious. Uh, that was effectively what Grola's stats are based on, and she was brutal. Get over to that section. Nope, we're in Atlantis. All right. Nope. Cyborgs, Glitter Boys, Operators, Militia, it's still not what I'm looking for. Yeah, headhunters. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Let me jot down the headhunter's toughness of 20. Man. Shooting of a D10. With a mini railgun. Holy crap. Let's go look over at the black market. Is black market in here? They have to be. Necromancers. Bunch of demons. Okay. Black Market Enforcer has a toughness of 15. Shooting of a D8. Okay. With an L20. Right, and then the expediator. Okay, has dodge. So that's interesting. Toughness of 12. And a shooting of a D6. Yeah, they're not much of a What is their major thing here? 
No fighting. Hacking, notice, stealth is pretty high. Charismatic, thief, okay, I see it now. All right. And now we also have to determine the opposition leader starts off as four. Uncooperative. Which is not surprising. And then for the um, other authority figures, five is apathetic. And sympathetic. Interesting. Okay. So the Beditor, whatever. I'm not even sure how I'm supposed to pronounce that. I'm just gonna keep moving forward. An apathetic headhunter, a uncooperative enforcer, and a sympathetic uh, black market assassin, whatever. That is quite interesting. It's an interesting combination. As uh, Tawny stands up there, uh, definitely catching a little bit of their attention. The heavy vehicle begins to pull forward, but then suddenly pulls slightly sideways. Uh, a couple of folks jump out. These uh, bandits are, yeah, effectively bandits. Uh, their assault rifles pulled at the ready. A couple of them walk up um, along with the headhunter. This uh, heavily cybernetic human steps forward just goes you're in her way is there a reason you're in her way yes. oh no look at this I seem to be just completely turned around now tell me good boys do you know uh, which way it is back to a good place where I can be buying some things I ain't supposed to be buying and uh, it kind of turns into this uh, business ain't open right now why don't you just mosey on back wherever you came and then we can be on the way. Yeah. Well, no, that wouldn't be too kind. No, would it? Uh, she, let's see here. She is going to attempt to cast fear. I'm going to pull that up real quick. Fear. Okay. Causes an overwhelming dread. It's instant uh, target. All right, so she's gonna dump in three points to give an area of effect of a large blast template. So you know what? I think I need to start figuring out what this looks like. So, first things first. Let's get some bandits on the table. Let's get a bandit. Bandits looking tokens right there. Nope, that's a zombie. 
We don't need a zombie. So there's six. Now, on top of all that, we're gonna have three kind of specialty folks. And there we go. Now, we'll give them their distance. They all fit under a large flat template. Two up front. And oh, look at that. Almost all of them. Looks like there's going to be at least two, no, three that are not going to be affected, but the rest most certainly will. Uh, but she is going to dump in. She has 15 points. She is going to pay the one up front. Sorry, the two points for fear. Five points total. And for psionics, D8. Shit. It's a one and yeah, double ones. Oh no. Uh, she kind of reaches out uh, and as she does, suddenly there is a moment, there is an explosion. Uh, I'm going to give her. Now, it, that's actually just straight up. She has a whiplash. The points are expended uh, and then suddenly she has a cacophonous pain. She takes a point of fatigue and uh, doubles over for a second. Uh, trickle of blood begins to come down her nose. Oh, no. Oh, I'd not be feeling good, no. Uh, and as they see this, of course, Yakim uh, kind of gets a little bit of the whiplash in his mind, too, and suddenly the audio severs. Uh, starts trying to think as loud as he can. That's kind of futile piece. And he... Tawny, are you there? Tawny. starts narrowing in on this scope uh, and as he does he sees that the tableau is beginning to break out now well that is the sound of initiative being drawn we're gonna go let's draw over here as we go over and give keen two which upgrades to another two which upgrades to an eight we give tawny a queen as she Edges, 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 acrobat, guts, nervous tails, quick, yep. Uh, so, bandits get a jack. Uh, our headhunter gets a king. Four for the enforcer, and three. Let's not have quick. Excellent, excellent, excellent. That is good for our heroes because having people who tend to go ahead is always kind of a pain. But, all right, but we do start off where at least the, uh, the headhunter uh, 
comes up. Kind of looks at her and is like, I don't know what the fuck's going on here, but I need you to get the fuck out of the way. Uh, she kind of doubles over for a second, comes up, uh, and he, let's see. what did we say? He's apathetic. Um, let's see, are there any edges on this guy that makes me think he's going to try to draw, shoot, and kill? Yeah, he's got the mean edge. Um, steps forward, pulls out his handgun, and he's going to try to shoot her point blank. I want to say probably try to shoot her in the head. So it's D10. Shooting someone in the head is a negative four. That's a four. Um, and given her... Does she have... She has Acrobat. Quick, she doesn't have Dodge. Uh, he still misses, though. As he uh, raises the gun, she suddenly ducks down the... Uh, Shot just poof. It's a heavy iron blaster. Uh, even with the shotgun rules, though, that's still a miss. Uh, and he just kind of. Fuck. What the fuck is that? Alright, so we go from that. We go over to the queen. Uh, Tawny sees this. Uh, she is going to jump forward and she is going to draw immediately her flaming sword. So she has there's a steel gun nut and quick. Yeah, so she's just going to start taking, she's gonna take two swipes at him with this flaming sword. Uh, so multi-action penalty of negative two, plus a negative one from the point of fatigue, it's a negative three on both of these. Uh, it's an eight reduced down to a five and a four reduced down to a one. So the eight hits. Oh, they don't, of course, put the stats for this thing in there, so I've got to go look those up. I figure I would just write these down, but nope, I am not that clever all the time. So we're now at a flaming sword. So, wait, what did I say? Five? Uh, I've got to compare parry. No, actually, that doesn't hit. So never mind. Uh, she swings out, and with a surprising deftness, the headhunter begins to kind of batter the sword aside. Um, that is reduced down to a six. Ah, math. Math, why are you so difficult? Flaming sword, just to write this down, is plus D12. AP. And hit So I don't have to look that up again. Uh, she swings out, uh, and the headhunter steps back just to, just by a hair of a moment to realize that she has come after him. The second swing, of course, goes a little wide, uh, but they are now locked in melee. Uh, we go over to the bandits who uh, see that she has now kind of snapped. Uh, they begin to raise, and they're going to try to shoot, but they're going to be shooting directly into uh, like a melee combat. So there's a chance on any ones that they're going to hit their friend here. So I'm going to give them a group roll. No ones, one explodes, two, ten, uh, minus two is still an eight. It's a hit with a raise. 
as they begin to fire into this uh, melee. One of the bullets ricochets, hits, and seven, 13. Uh, her toughness is 16. The bullets begin to uh, bounce off. Uh, her armor catches some of it. The ricochet seems to cause these ballistics to, to shatter and break and go in all directions. Um, but they begin to pound immediately onto the van uh, and you just hear a, a thunder of footsteps as people begin to pour out. All right, we now go over, let's see, the eight is Yakeem. Uh, he sees this and just goes, ow. He is going to raise and shoot. Uh, and he is going to aim at, he's probably going to aim directly at the headhunter. You've seen this type before. Doesn't have a big love for them. Uh, so, he's shooting right now is a d10 plus d6. Uh, no penalties from range. Uh, so, that is. An eight, so it's a hit with a raise. Uh, so he just is 4d6 plus 1d6 from the raise, so that is 5d6 total. This might be nasty. Oh, three of those explodes. Let's move those to a side. That is 18. 18, 21, 25. 5, 26, 27, 28. Uh, 33. 33 against a toughness of 20. That is at least 12 points over, so that is definitely going to be quite a few. And just to make sure. Or piercing a 3. Yeah, it's an additional wound. Um, Oh, upgradable steady hands. He does not have any way to soak it. As the uh, headhunter steps out, uh, he suddenly goes to draw a uh, viral longsword draped over his back. Uh, and as he does, Tawny lifts her sword to try to answer it, and suddenly a hole burns directly into the side of this guy's uh, temple. Uh, and he just <clears throat> collapses straight down. She kind of like looks up and she gives like a very high waving thumbs up before running directly towards the rest of the crew. Uh, Yakeem just kind of uh, doesn't even really nod. He just kind of looks on to the next target. Which, as we go down, we come over to the Enforcer. The Enforcer, let's see. Enforcer. See, pace of six, uh, greedy, loyal, and vow to serve the black market. So he's not going to turn. Uh, he steps out around the corner. Uh, I'm going to give him a notice roll of a d8. I'm going to say minus two because of the distance to see if he notices Yakim. That's a one. Uh, now he does not notice at all. And as the enforcer kind of glances around, he just sees that, uh, you know, the uh, heavy hitter of his crew is already down. Uh, it looks like completely out. He steps around, sees just this one girl who is now swinging a flaming sword. 
uh, and he kind of ducks back behind the, the rest of the van. Both sides. Let's make sure to get around her. I don't know what the fuck this is, but this isn't good. Uh, and he is, let's see. He does have command, so all of his, yeah, all of his minions are going to, or the ones that are near him, are going to get plus one to their shake rolls. Um, so he is going to step around, kind of get up close to a group of them. Uh, and he is going to raise and fire at this crazy woman. It's a D8, that's five. Uh, that is a hit. And then he does 46 damage. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh. Wow, lucky for Tawny. Uh, the shot kind of uh, burns into the side of her, um, she wears kind of a poncho, and the poncho begins to burn and singe just slightly for a moment as the laser rifle uh, tries to scorch a hole just to get to the armor underneath uh, as she just comes running forward. From the other side, let's see here. I can, uh, this guy steps around He uh, he sees this group, and while he is loyal, greedy, and has a vow to serve the black market, uh, he tucks back into the back of the van. And uh, the camera, of course, our heroes don't know, but the camera kind of pans in with him. And sitting in a cage are these two. Uh, similar looking humanoids to what uh, who we had encountered earlier. Uh, let's, uh, let's see. Sorry, I was looking something up real quick. But uh kind of ducks back into the vehicle uh, and starts talking to these two uh, dimensional beings. Hey, uh, did your pa have any um, any friends or whatever? Uh, no, we just try to keep to ourselves. Where are you taking us? Is, is pa out there? Is he the one fighting them people? Uh, and one of them who is wearing kind of a uh, gingham dress uh, with a wide bonnet that just barely kind of tucks up and over, but her uh, her ears sticking out with the eyes right in them. Uh, just kind of blinks in that kind of wide pattern. And she goes, I... Why are you doing this? Just let us go. He goes, uh, look, I don't like this, so... Just give me a minute. He jumps back out of the van. Uh, the dimensional beings called the Quiet Walkers by the Shoshone Indians. These are known as the Fenodi, F-E-N-N-O-D-I, not the Fenodi like I had originally said. Um, as uh, the two children in the back, um, separated by cages and cuffed uh, to the walls, um, they scooch a little bit closer towards each other in the back of this van and just the younger boy just begins to cry. So we're going to now go to the next round of initiative. We start over here with the king. The king. Uh, 
Tony gets the nine. Uh, well, he's dead, so he's not gonna get a card. Actually, yeah. Bandits get a 10, he's dead. Seven and a 10. All right. Well, obvious leader up here is now Yakeem. The uh, kind of black market enforcer has gone around the other side. He can't quite see him, but he can't see at least one of the bandits here. So he is going to uh, raise and he's going to take two shots. Uh, with this D10. Shot one. Let's hit with the raise. So that is going to be. Six again. Ten, fourteen, seventeen total with the toughest eleven. First bandit suddenly drops as well. Uh, second shot here goes out. Six pulls up. Seven sets at least a hit without a raise. And 13, 14, 15. Uh, Yakeem takes the first two guards that were lining up uh, directly against Tawny, uh, leaving three bodies just kind of, she leaps over them very quickly, uh, racing towards what's going to be now completely out of his line of sight. Uh, he just kind of looks at her and says, oh, fuck, uh, I'm going to have to move. Uh, and he gets down off the back of the car braces his gun uh, and begins to kind of sprint. Please join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dying Gain early access to episodes, access to our Discord, and just generally help support the show. This game references the Savage Worlds game system, available at Pinnacle Entertainment Group at www.peginc.com. It is unofficial media content permitted under the Media Network Content Agreement. This content is not managed, approved, or endorsed by Pinnacle Entertainment Group. Certain portions of the materials used are the intellectual properties of Pinnacle, and all rights are reserved. Savage Worlds, all related settings, and unique characters, locations, and characters, logos, and trademarks are copyrights of Pinnacle Entertainment Group.